Welcome to the Tossing Clubs Podcast. Next on the tee, your hosts, Frank Jang, Zach Moses, and Aaron Tan. Yo, what is up, everyone? Dude, Zach, we got an emergency pod. What just happened today? The first emergency podcast of the Tossing Clubs podcast history, career, whatever you want to call it. Major news in the golf world. The PGA Tour is merging with the Live, with the Public Investment Fund. It's taken the entire golf world by storm. Everyone is has their takes on it. Um, we had to hop on and talk about it. Yeah, I still can't believe it actually happened. We were lucky enough to be joined by Ben Boscovich from Esquire, and he does actually a lot of other uh, really cool things within the golf industry as well. So, I mean, he's got some great takes. So he's a little bit more in the know than we are. But, man, it's so far, what we don't really know much, do we, Zach? Yeah, we don't know a ton. All we know is there's a merger happening. Don't really know the details. That's all still getting figured out. The players had no idea going into today. So it's there's a lot of drama, a lot of hot takes, a lot of stuff going on throughout social media on Twitter. Ben has a great story that everyone should read. Uh, and he has a lot of good thoughts here that we'll, we'll hop into right now. Today's my birthday, and I woke up to more text messages about this golf thing than I did my actual birthday. So it's been just an insane day following Twitter, following all the different memes and news that's been going out anywhere. It seems like no one really knows what's going on. PJ Tour took a lot of money, and a lot of people don't like Jay Monahan. Let's let's start there. Like, what were everyone's first reactions? Uh, yeah. Well, first of all, thanks for having me, guys, and happy birthday, Zach. I'm sorry that you didn't get enough HBDs this morning. That's that's not fair. Um, <laughs> We'll blame the PIF for that as well. I think uh, I was on the subway. My friends texted me uh, a link to CNBC, and I, I wasn't sure if I was surprised it didn't come from like the Times or something. Usually, I get like a notification about those things. So I was like, "Is this real?" And I clicked on it, and it was CNBC. So it was it was real. And um, I got to work, and by that time, the the Times had published their kind of like, "Here's everything we know right now," which was like three paragraphs. Which, to your point, like we have we don't know anything that's going on right now. Um, and my gut reaction was, I can't believe he took the bag, um, meaning Jay Monahan. Like, I, I can't believe that he is going to have egg all over his face. And he said all those things last year and went so aggro. And I think for good reason. And then just decided to pull the rug out from underneath all of his players and uh, professional golf as a whole. So that I was shocked. I was shocked. And I, I actually was like, a little shaky for most of the morning because I was like, this is such big news. I don't know. And we know so little, like, I don't know what, what I'm supposed to do right now. So I had to gather my thoughts. Um, and I did end up writing a, a almost a thousand words, on it, <laughs> even though we know so little. <laughs> yeah, I'm with you, Ben. When I woke up, I saw the text. Aaron actually was the one who broke the news to, uh, to me, at least. And I thought, dude, this is a joke. This is a meme. And I scroll through Instagram and I see PJ Tour having a post. You know, Golf Digest having a, pro, a post, and I just thought, wow, this is, like, totally out of left field. No one even talked about this. There wasn't any rumor about this that was substantiated. One person did. Oh. One oh, person did. Got to tell us more about that then. But that was my initial reaction. But tell us that story after Zach. What would you do? You woke up to some happy birthdays, and then? <laughs> I mean, yeah, no, same sentiment. Just, like, absolutely shocked. Um, I 
didn't believe it at first. I thought it was a joke, just like you said. It's so backwards from everything that we were he- hearing from the PGA Tour and that we thought Jay was going to do. And yeah, I mean, still in shock now, like eight to 12 hours later. But Ben, who's, who's the one person that predicted this? Unfortunately, his name is Donald J. Trump. Uh, oh, he yeah. Put something out on Truth Social. Uh, I don't know when it was, but I saw it. And he said something about this merger happening. I can't quote it exactly, but I just thought to myself, like, you know, you're in a bad spot when Donald Trump predicted this would happen. Like his take <laughs> came true. You know, you're in a bad spot. So uh, I, I learned about that quickly after the news. What's crazy about it is how few people knew what was going on. Like it was literally just three, four, maybe five people. Like all the, not like Tiger Woods had no idea. Rory McIlroy, no idea. Like most of the, like all the players on the live tour, like they weren't like, was Greg even in the loop? Like, I don't think he was in the loop. That he didn't know. I think there's means something, right? Greg Greg. Norman, I saw wasn't. Yeah. It's insane how secret this was. I mean, yeah, we don't know if he's going to be around much longer, which is like one of the many things that we don't know yeah. at this point. But yeah, it just feels feels so, so shady. Um, ben, I want to ask, how how much do we... Okay, we we don't know a lot, but I can't ev- envision a world where there's one tour. So is it still going to be DP World Tour, Live Tour, and then PGA Tour? Or is, is that... Who knows? I have no idea. I would... I would guess that if I had to speculate, right, and I had to make a guess, like, what what's the best version of this thing, given this news? Off the top of my head, I would have to say they are separate entities, but they're fluid. And that the live guys play the live schedule, but they can play the majors and they can play tournaments that they're qualified for uh, on the tour, on both the European, the DP World Tour and the, the PGA Tour. Um, that seems like what everybody wants, right? Including golf fans, I think. Um, is to be able to, we've seen how the live guys being at the majors just makes for better TV. Um, not just because some of them are like the best golfers, a few of them, but, um, because that kind of like good guy versus bad guy situation is always, always fun to watch, especially when he, you know, in a situation where you might have like Rory and Ian Poulter going against each other. Um, some, not that that's, well, I guess that can happen now. Jeez. I, you know. I'm so conditioned to be like, well, we'll never see those guys again. Yeah, I think that's a good segue into like who the winners are like with this news. It's like it sounds like the fans like we've been asking for more opportunities to see the best golfers in the world play the other best golfers in the world. And, you know, for a while it was just just the majors, right? Like the PGA Championship was incredible. The Masters was incredible. Um, and now it seems like we're going to have more opportunities. So as a fan, I think it's going to be for better for golf to have everyone under one roof. Um, are there any other winners that are coming out of this? Jay Monahan, maybe he might have secured his job, you know, and he might not have been long for that job. I, you know, I'm talking about like tweets I've read over the past year, right? Like, who knows what's what's true and what's not? But I don't know. It's it's definitely the biggest win is for the fans, um, unless we have to watch PGA Tour golf on a live golf format. That would be bad for us. That is not a great way to watch golf, in my opinion. Yeah, I was thinking the Ryder Cup, the President's Cup. You know, we talked about Brooks being on the team, but it's hard to imagine Sergio being on, you know, Team Europe. Uh, So, you know, I feel like that wall has been broken down so we could see the greatest players on each side compete against each other. You know, if the President's Cup had Cam Smith, that would have been such a better President's Cup. Um, But, yeah, I 
Dude, I feel like there's a lot of losers here. We talk about winners, there's a lot of losers. Think of all those people who stayed loyal to the PGA. How much of a slap in the face is this to them? It's a huge slap in the face. I think, especially that it was a surprise to them, makes it even more so. I mean, if they would have given them a heads up, which I would love to hear your guys' opinions on this. Um, and sorry to segue, but I, I just have to get this out there. Like, Wasn't there a headline a few weeks ago that Rory was like quieting down about Liv? And he wasn't going to talk about it very much. I love Rory McIlroy. I find it very hard to believe that he didn't get at least a little heads up about this, considering that he made public statements that he was going to be quiet about it and gave good reason. But like, I don't know. There's something there. Yeah, it would make sense. I think my first reaction this morning was I feel so bad for Rory because he was going to bat for the PGA Tour for so long. He was the voice of the entire organization, while Jay was just kind of in the background, not saying a lot. And then, you know, Jay basically stabbed him in the back and said, hey, I'm going to take this money, Um, even though all these things I said on air, like, I don't actually believe any of that. And money kind of always rules out. So, I mean, I feel bad for Rory. Did he get a heads up? Maybe. Maybe that's why he got quiet. Um, But yeah, just, I mean, so hard to say what's going on in the background. And we can just speculate as as fans of golf. That's a good point. I don't, whether, whether he knew or not isn't, isn't the point. I totally agree. Like, if, say he knew, he still was probably bummed about it. And I feel terrible for him because he did literally exhaust himself putting his neck out there for the PGA Tour. You know, he essentially lit his, himself on fire and made his life a living hell to be the face of that, right? When you have, when you consider, yeah. um, you know, where the live contingent falls on the end of the spectrum in terms of internet commentary. Like the people that love live are much bigger internet bullies than I think PGA Tour fans were in that like kind of binary good versus evil thing. So he definitely like bared the brunt or bore the brunt of a lot of um, bad stuff this year. And then, like you said, to get it pulled out. Yeah, the media is no joke. I mean, just look at Michael Block, right? After the PGA, he did all those interviews and then he goes on to shoot 8174, misses the cut the next time. And Rory, he's been doing that basically the past year, but with not talking about how great his past like four rounds were, but more about, oh my gosh, is Liv going to you know, take over the PGA? And so it must have been exhausting. So I do look forward to seeing Rory at LACC, though. I think, you know, hopefully that will, you know, he would just... Actually, I, I don't want to say that because he's probably going to get a lot of questions about this still. <laughs> right? The press conferences are going to yeah. be insane. They're going to be... Like Matt Fitzpatrick was scheduled to have one today at that tournament out in Canada, and he just didn't show up. He was just on the middle of the course, uh, still hitting balls. And like, I mean, it makes sense. No one wants to kind of be the first person to speak on this, especially when there's like not a ton of information out there. So, yeah, we'll see what happens next week. I mean, right ahead of the U.S. Open is pretty crazy. Also, I think for just like all the players, like this is supposed to be a player led organization. And nobody yeah. knew. Like, no one has a seat at the table, which has got to be so frustrating for a PGA Tour player. So I could see why they're obviously very pissed off right now. Yeah, wasn't the tour started in the first place to sort of elevate them and separate them from the teaching pros, the Michael Blocks of the world, um, and so that they could they self-govern themselves a little bit? Wasn't that the reason that it existed in the first place? I mean, yeah, I think that sounds right. Um and yeah, now it's just like a couple guys making a decision in a room uh, with no one else's voices and feels very much 
like the the, the series succession uh, is what I'm kind of. Oh vibe. yeah. <laughs> I think the biggest question right now in my mind is I saw a quote from Jay Monahan that happened in the past few hours, where he said something about like, I know what I said in the past and that everyone's going to call me a hypocrite, but um, that was based on the information I had at the time, which is hilarious in and of itself. But like, what was the information? That's what I want to know. Cause we know that the information might've been like numbers with commas and a dollar sign going from one bank account to the next. But like, what is the actual thing that changed his mind? I think that's what Jay Monahan has to answer for. What changed his mind? What makes this different? this time than when it happened originally. Yeah. And I, and you know, there's money is definitely probably a huge component of it. There's also a ton of litigation that's been happening between the PGA tour and live and who knows what they kind of dug up there. But like part of this agreement was all that litigation goes away. Um, not only was the PGA tour spending a lot of money to deal with that, but there could have been some shady stuff that would have got some people in trouble that may have come out. This is all speculation of course, but, um, that could have been a component of it too. We just, we're probably never going to find out which kind of sucks, but yes, Ben, a hundred percent agree. I'd love to have Jay answer those questions. But I'm so surprised about this because on the surface level, I felt like the PGA tour was inevitably just going to through a war of attrition, be out the live, right? Besides, I don't know, a few places like Australia. Um, yeah. A lot of the locations that live actually play at, I mean, it's not getting a lot of traction. And the changes made this year for the designated events, I think they've worked really well. This year, they've had a lot of great winners too, a lot of you know high marketability winners. Um, and I think even about Kurt Kitayama, right? Like he won a designated event, relatively unknown. And then he, he's you know talked about a lot, and a lot of people are gravitating towards him. So, you know, it's really interesting, like. This came so suddenly out of left field. I still can't believe it's true, right? So I, I, I where's the DP World Tour's role in this? Like, what are they going to do? I, my, I think the bigger question is, where does the LPGA fit into this? And why do they get left out once again? I didn't even think about that. So what, I, I guess it's just the LPGA is just the LPGA still? Like, there's no changes to it? I suppose they're their own entity, but it seems kind of sad to think about um, if you don't, if you can ignore for the fact for a moment where the money's coming from and like sort of like the moral um, conundrum that that creates. um, I think that men's golf is getting a huge influx of investment right now, and it's going to be even bigger than it has grown to be post pandemic. Um, Meanwhile, the LPGA tour has more budding stars coming up and making names for themselves than ever before. I think the most exciting golfer in the world right now is Rose Dang. And she is one for one on the LPGA tour. And I think that, um, you know, we were kind of getting to a point where maybe the voices were becoming louder and we were going to be able to get a little bit more attention to the women's tour. And then all of a sudden this happens and they're, they're out of the conversation again. You know, I have heard about live trying to pick off a uh, you know pick up some of the stars from the LPGA tour which i think actually makes a lot of sense i would not fault any of those ladies for going to live golf because i mean dude it's hard out there and your career is so short right it's it's incredible yeah. to do what they do and if they don't get a cent from this it seems so silly that that opportunity has closed for them as well 
um, you know, like you said, Roseanne, like there's really no one besides, I don't know, maybe Lydia Ko or Nelly that I would really follow. But if Roseanne is in contention, I think I would make it a priority, right? To watch that final round. And that's why she is so valuable is because she gets people that don't usually watch LPGA tournaments to tune in and, and be like, I want to witness history because I maybe wasn't old enough to be around when Tiger was making this kind of run and setting the Stanford records that she just broke, you know? And so like, you want to be, you want to witness history. It's why we go to a LeBron James, LeBron James game. We go to a Lakers game, even if we're not a Lakers fan or a fan of the, the team that he's playing. So we want to witness history. Um, it's the same thing with her. And I think, you know, you bring up the crossover kind of thing. And I think that's another thing that like Liv maybe flirted with or said that they were going to do. And it inspired like, you know, this um, Grant Thornton event that's happening where it's going to be a crossover. And like, so to that point and to, I guess I I should say it's Phil Mickelson's ultimate point. Like Liv did what it needed to do to motivate the PGA Tour to get where it was going. It worked. He was right. But it didn't get enough time to like, I feel like we were in the first or second year of like a decade of pro golf, like, and those efforts that those workers were doing for their rights, I think that we were going to see that start to bear fruit over the course of a decade. And the PGA Tour was going to find was going to slowly fix all these problems because they're a big moving thing that happens slowly. This money allows them to do it fast, and uh, I think that's maybe what they saw. As I'm speaking, I'm realizing like, oh, they, we can solve all these problems a decade sooner if we take this money now instead of letting it play out over the course of 10 years and letting this PIF, which is an infinite number of dollars, uh, just control us and what our next move is going to be forever. Like maybe Jay Monahan and the PJ tour got fall- tired of following cues from the live tour and, and, you know, trying to make golf a little more exciting, even though nobody showed up to those live parties, like you said. Yeah. I feel like beyond like the hypocrisy and like the moral, argument and everything like from a business only perspective like you're eliminating a competitor immediately if you're the pga tour and yeah you get unlimited money and overall golf is together and players are probably gonna get paid more in general so like i can see how why you would do it seems like a win from that perspective but it also just is so shocking to see it because of everything that jay has said over the last couple years and how like the live has been kind of positioned as such an enemy for the PGA tour. Um, but yeah, like you said earlier in the, in the call, Ben, it's like Jay probably keeps his job, even though everyone hates him because he made this business decision. Like, yeah, he's probably making a ton of money too. He's going to get heat for forever. Like everyone's calling for him to resign, but he potentially saved the PGA tour because they just don't have the money that to compete with, uh, the PIF. So and Zach, I think you make the best point of all, which is that the hypocrisy is the point. If without the hypocrisy, all this is, and this was a question I posed to some friends earlier today, which is like, if last year, the news story wasn't lives breaking off, all these guys are breaking off and going, there's drama, who's going to be able to come back, who's going to be able to stay. If it was, if the news story was, the Saudi public investment fund has invested a billion dollars in the PGA tour and is now the controlling partner of the PGA tour. Everything will continue in terms of the players who are on this tour, but some formatting things are going to change. We're going to change how much money we're being, all these things happen without the hypocrisy. How would we feel? 
And I think initially there would be a lot of outrage. I think a lot of people would say, the Saudi Arabian, uh, you know, this, they killed Khashoggi. All the stuff that, that Phil said in the, in, the, in the book with Alan Shipnock, right? We would have said all that stuff, but it would have waned and it would have faded. The same way that after shootings in America, we forget that, that gun control needs to, needs to change. Outrage lasts a few minutes. And so I think by this time, we would have already been over it and we'd have been back just enjoying like the US Open with Phil and Bryson and Brooks and DJ in the mix, right? But because the PGA Tour, Jay Monahan, and the people he employed to do it on his behalf, like Rory, uh, went out there and, and stood their ground and stuck to their principles and made statements from moral high ground and then to turn around and do this, like that's why I say the biggest question is, you know, you got some splaining to do, Jay Monahan. Why? What is the why? I want to know. And he can give a good reason, I think. Maybe there's a reason that will convince me, like they convinced him. But I haven't heard that yet. And until I do, like, it's unfortunate because I think we're all stuck supporting this no matter what. Because what are we going to do? Not watch golf from Thursday to Sunday on three different networks and switch from network to network as they switch and that's what I do. You know, I start watching as soon as I can on Thursday and I consume every minute I can until Sunday. It's, it's part of my identity. What am I supposed to do? A, like petition pro golf? I'm not going to do that. I love it too much. Yeah. I think what hurts is like, we don't want to, we know money runs everything, run, money controls everything, but we don't want to believe it. Right. You want to believe in the stories that like people have principles, people are honest, people stand for things. And then it just like never happens. And then you just take the most amount of money. And it's like, we know that's the reality in most situations, but it also just like sucks to hear it, sucks to see it. Yeah. And so, I mean, yeah, I, I agree, Ben. It's like, if this was presented in a different way, if there's less hypocrisy, if there's less of this, like these like combative narratives, we may be viewing things in a different light. But um, yeah, at least today on day one of this news, is just like so shocking to hear. And it, it definitely hurts a little bit. All right, so, well, it's going to happen. What, like, how would you like to see this be structured, right? Uh, because who's going to want to play? There's no way all of these players are going to be on one tour, I feel. There's just not enough spots, right? And who, if that's the case, if there's three separate tours, who's going to play for Lib? Who's going to go back to the PGA? Like, everyone would just want a spot on the PGA, I would assume, right? And so, like... You know, how do you see this playing out? And obviously, this is all just like guessing and speculation, Ben. I I think I would go back to like the idea that they would stay three separate tours and that the participation would stay fluid between them. I I don't understand, or I can't I can't imagine how many guys on the PGA Tour want to go play a live event, um, except for that they can win four million bucks if they do. That that's probably the only reason they would want to. But I think a lot of those PGA Tour guys, if that's the case are going to have to make a moral decision again. Do I go take that money uh, or do I stay on my ground here and, you know, make a couple million this year instead of uh, a couple dozen? But So do you foresee the Live Golf purse staying the same, but then the PGA purse just increase even for the non-designated events then? Oh, that's, that's a good question. I, I would have to assume that all boats are going to rise because, like I said, the, the public investment fund has no bottom essentially. Um, there's more money there. I mean, th part of that fund is being invested in creating a whole new city in the desert. 
I don't know if you guys have read about this, but like the stuff that they're going to invest this money in is world changing stuff. It's crazy. Um, it, and it just goes to show you how much of it they have is the point of, of bringing that up. Uh, I, I, I don't know how many, especially if the purses raise on the PJ tour, I don't know how many guys will feel incentivized to go play in a London event where, you know, eight people show up and Trump's there. It, I, it, it's, <laughs> it doesn't seem uh, the, the other side is much more appealing and that's why there were lawsuits. That you know, that these live guys wanted to come play in majors. They wanted to play maybe in hometown events or something. I mean, is I don't know where Taylor Gooch is from, but if he's from LA, and there's you know a, a tournament at Riviera that there is. I'm sure he wants to play in that. Um, that'll be great for him. Yeah, I have so many questions. Like, is Chase Kepka about to get a PGA Tour card? Like, probably not, right? <laughs> like, yeah, I, just, I mean. I think I also have the same idea. It's probably like, here's Golf Supergroup, whatever the name's going to be. And then you have like your three different uh, companies under it, PGA Tour, Live Golf, and then DP uh, World Tour. But yeah, I just have no idea. I don't even know what to say because like I, I don't know how it's going to play out. And we can't, Jay hasn't really provided a lot of information on it. Also, like he's not the guy in charge, right? Anymore. Like he's a CEO, but he's not the chairman of the entire operation. So that's my worry a little bit is like there's going to be a lot more money in the game, which could help the game. But like, what if all the different business, all the different like business components like went towards the live model per se, like then it would just be pretty shitty in my opinion. Like if like the, all, all the golf's different. Well, yeah, that's really interesting to think about and scary because I mean, put yourself in the shoes of being a, a part of a evil journalist murdering government. Would you, give a shit about Jay Monahan after you got what you wanted out of him? I wouldn't. So, yeah, they got rid of Greg. Maybe, probably. <laughs> seems like it, right? Probably, yeah. Well, because none of the players like Greg, allegedly, right? That's the thing. Oh, yeah. No one likes Jay now, so same thing. <laughs> yeah, seeing Colin Markawa's tweet this morning was really jarring to me because if there are guys that had like a little whisper heads up, I feel like he would... If he wasn't one of them, he would have been friends with one of them that would flip it to him, you know? Um, that just went to show, like, how secret it really was of a guy like that was, was in the just, uh, The power is ceded to the PIF, but, yeah, you, you guys remember the Indoor Golf League? I'm just, like, all these questions are racing through my head. Is the Indoor Golf League, the TGL, is that going to be scrapped? Like, what the frick's the point of that now? Maybe it's going to get bigger and they're going to do it in the desert. Oh, that, whoa, the possibilities. <laughs> that might actually oh be super God. cool, unfortunately. In the end, did are you glad that this happened? I'll start with you, Ben. Are you glad that this merger happened? You say it's good for the fans, and you're a fan, so you should be happy. But I'm curious to your like, holistic take on this. It's a hard thing to answer, right? Because I, I'm, I'm both a golf fan and a journalist and a human being. And those three things sometimes separate themselves and i think so i'll say as a golf fan now i think altogether i have to say i don't i don't like the hypocrisy that's being demonstrated right now and i would love answers to that before i say whether i'm glad this happened or not definitively but what i will say as a closing thought is that i think it's silly to ask whether, and this is a question that's come a lot, up a lot today um, in conversations with my friends and texts and DMs and everything. Is this quote unquote good for golf? 
I think that you have to start answering that question by defining golf. And I think that for everybody, that definition is different. And for me, golf is not professional golf. Golf is me getting to know you guys through social media because we love the same thing. It's me making some of the best friends in my life um, through a game. It's a, a place that I can go and have church because I am not religious, but I will go to the golf course and I will talk to a higher power, um, you know, A.W. Tillinghast and ask him for strength. You know, it's like, this is my church. This is my therapy. And it's a, it's a sport. And that's what golf is. And it exists between us and everybody like us that goes to bed thinking about their backswing and wakes up thinking about the course that they're going to play that day and is doing putting strokes with their umbrella waiting for the subway. That's golf. The three of us, everybody out there, not the guys that make millions and millions about it. They are golf entertainment. Um, and so if you're going to ask somebody in this you know, conversation, is this good for golf? I would urge everybody to please caveat that with saying what type of golf you're talking about, because otherwise it's a silly argument because you could be talking about two completely different things. And now I'll get off my soapbox. No, that's a good point. No, no, that's definitely something I consider. Zach. I think that's an incredible take. I mean, like we get so wrapped up in the headlines and the news and you hop on Twitter and it's just so many people with all their different opinions and, and whatnot. And there's, it's, yeah, it's, it's entertainment and it's drama and it's exciting to watch. But at the end of the day, like I'm going to go out for my tea time on Saturday morning and I'm going to play golf with Frank, play golf with Aaron, hopefully play golf with Ben at some point. And, um, like none of that matters. Like I'm still going to shank a seven iron on a par three and like, it doesn't matter what happened on the PJ tour this past weekend. Like, I, I, we love golf because it's a game we, that we play and yeah, there's stuff on TV. There's a bunch of drama, but it probably doesn't matter as much as like we think it actually matters. Yeah. That's a good point. So Zach, sorry, same question to you overall. Do, do you like this move? Well, I was trying to avoid that question with that response there, Frank, but <laughs> <laughs> um, I think init- initial reactions <laughs> is I don't, I don't love it. Um, because I have been a PJ Tour stan on this podcast. I liked what they stood for. Uh, and I feel like a lot of that just got thrown out with, with Jay changing his, his point of view on it. And I feel bad for a lot of the players. And I am huge fans of all the PJ Tour players. Yeah. I think in the long run, like, as like a lot of people are probably just going to get over it. Golf's probably going to be fine. There's still going to be amazing tournaments. Like, U.S. Open's next week. The U.S. Open doesn't really change. Like everyone's gonna be there. Everyone's gonna watch that. Doesn't matter which tour you're in, which league. And I'm here for the majors as a golf fan, so like I think everything's gonna be okay. Yeah, I, I feel you. Not to be like an echo chamber, but none of this like really impacts us, you know, personally. And down the road, like Morikawa, he might be pissed, but he's still going to be hitting that butter cut all the time, right? So does it really matter? No, but at the same time, principles, I think, matter in you know another way, right? It, I think a world without principles would be pretty sad to see. And, you know, the fact that people like Justin Thomas, Tiger Woods, uh, freaking Rory skipped out on half a million dollars you know 
whatever the reported money was, and then to see the people that did betray the organization that you were all members in, basically just get a get out of jail free card. It that just seems so shitty to me. Um, but does it really matter? No, because you know they'll still be playing majors. But I think that's a pretty sad argument if you're saying like none the principle behind it matters. That's really interesting. Uh, yeah, you're like the process is the biggest problem with this. It went down terribly, you know. And if it was going to happen, no matter what, like that's fine. But like it happened with no class. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I do just want to say one more thing. The the other thing is, I think what gets lost in the context of all of this is what the Saudis want to do with this PIF and the other sports that they're investing their money in. This is a, this is a sports wide sports washing agenda. They want people to look at them as the people that made professional sports better, whether it's F1 or professional soccer or professional golf, not the people who kill journalists. Um, and so that's, I think that's why it's important for us to talk about it. Even if we don't know answers and we don't have a take yet, it's important to remind people that that happened because like I said, we, we forget so quickly and we will in a year, unfortunately. Um, so we got to say it now. Yeah. I, I, I was thinking about this just the other day, actually on social media, I think like the worst types of comments come out because they get the most reactions. Right. And so that's sort of like what goes up to the top and that's what you see. And so it's 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 so i don't know what the right word is but it's just sad to see that you know people will say well it makes sense from a business perspective of course jay should take it all of his players all of his workers are going to get paid more but you know like if you if they were put in that actual position and they had those human relationships it's i mean they probably wouldn't say that but but because it's on social media a lot of people see that comment and they think oh it's normalized now and um yeah yeah that, it's easy to make a comment it's difficult to have a discussion or a debate even about something and to put yourself into that arena and it's it's also easier to do that digitally too um and i can just it's i'll say it for me too it was very easy for me to write a headline today that said the pj tour should be ashamed of itself um because I knew that I needed to make a bold statement because I felt very strongly, but I didn't want to make such a hyperbolic statement like this is bad for golf for the points that I just made. I think I, I tried to say the one thing I could be sure was true, yeah. was, which is that the tour should be ashamed of its hypocrisy. Jay should be ashamed of his hypocrisy. He shouldn't come out and say, oh, I didn't have all the information at the time. That's condescending. Yeah. That, makes, that, that makes us feel stupid. Like we're dumb. We don't get the information or the... You know, we couldn't under, possibly understand the decision. I mean, maybe we couldn't, but with the information we have now, yes, I think that he should be a little shame. This is probably the most important decision ever made in the PGA Tour, and you didn't have all the information. Well, it's probably just something's wrong there then, right? So, yeah. The money was always there, right? Yeah. Did I say this already? <laughs> I'm just obsessed with this. It was always there. It's always been... <laughs> A factor. He could have had his bag at any point if he wanted yeah. to. So what changed? Yeah. I have to ask it again. It's a good good question to end us on. Um, ben, thanks so much for joining us on this really quick turn emergency podcast that we put together on the crazy news today. Uh, for those that are new to you, like where can they find your stuff? Where can they follow you? Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Instagram at Ben Bosk. Um, you can see my bylines this summer, all summer long on Esquire.com. 
where I cover golf and I'm helping them oversee the website this year or this summer. And uh, I also uh, consult for golf brands and uh, golf courses and anybody in the golf content space that, you know, needs a hand promoting themselves. So I do a little bit of everything, but it's all, it's always back to golf. So the real golf. Awesome. Love it. Appreciate you, Ben. 